just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sikulder, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you until the top of the hour. Hope you're having a good Sunday with us uh, on our Zoom show, because we're also recording this to go up to YouTube, is from uh, representing Pitt & Frank attorneys, Kevin Disler. You can reach Kevin and his group over at Pitt & Frank at 895-9900. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service at 844-411-TEAM. And we are proud and among the first to report that the Home Team Inspection Service here in Louisville is now ranked number one, eight, count them, eight years in a row. Congratulations, Brent. Hey, thank, thank you very much. Now that it's official, we appreciate all the uh, well wishes and all the support through uh, the last eight years. Very good. That's good. You're, you're doing great. Also here, my son Greg, who does our marketing photography and so much more, and by proof of that, he's even at this hour over at a house, a new construction that we're, we're listing this one in uh, Landher, Greg? Yeah, it should be. It should. Uh, it'll be up very soon. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's in uh, with the land. Her doing some three D for the builder, um, just for teacher stuff for their site for our site. Just good overall marketing stuff as the progress yeah. goes along. Good, love it. Very good. All right, let's get to the questions again. We're doing our Zoom show. What that means is you send me an email, Bob at WeSellLouisville.com. In the subject line, radio question. In the body of the email, put the question, and then we move on. Like this one with Billy. And Billy uh, wrote us, he says he's about to have a home inspection, and he's wondering, Brad, what are some of the red flags that he should be looking for when he gets the home inspection report? Good, yeah. good question. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good question. You know, a lot of times people will, will stop at the at the first or second page. Uh, most of the home inspectors will put a summary of the findings on the first or second page or at the very end. I mean, mm -hmm. it depends on their format. But the, he needs to go in and Billy needs to look at all the pages because the summary only really identifies some of the major concerns, the the what they call material defects that were found or safety defects. But there, there's going to be a lot of other information in the report that uh, he needs to be looking for. As far as specific red flags, I mean, agents, you know, do a great job working with clients explaining, you know, really what the, uh, you know, what the problems are. Uh, it's really more about negotiating, you know, the, the final package um, with the, uh, with the other party. Uh, but I think that one of the things that, you know, he probably wants to be aware of is, Anything having to do with water, um, anything having to do with electrical or plumbing upgrades that that might need to be uh, be looked at, uh, the roof, um, you know, understanding more about the appliances. But in every case, make sure that they are identifying additional, you know, contractors or uh, specialists that need to evaluate certain parts of the house. We often, you know, as home inspectors, will tell people, hey. Yeah, uh, this area of the roof looks like it might be damaged. Uh, you really want to get a a licensed roofer out here to take a look at it, and then they just pass that by, uh, and then they find out, you know, three months after they move in that the roof is leaking, and they go, "Oh, well, we didn't know that uh, you wanted a roofer to come out and look at it." But yeah, that's why the home inspector will say, you know, this needs further evaluation by a, a qualified uh, professional. So just yeah. look for those clues uh, within the report. But uh, yeah, it's really important to read the entirety of the report. Right. And we've talked about the past. It's a great point to bring up again. By the way, uh, Greg is in the process of uh, right now about to fly the drone. Uh, Greg, hit you, oh, that's right. He, what what unit are you using now? Because you you don't need your oh, I got drone. Two. Well, I've got two. Oh, I've yeah. got these, the new, uh, two of the new DJI, DJI drones. They have a uh, 
built in. The one with yeah. the built in screen because I hate, yeah. I still like in multitask. And there you are. You just and right. I got some listings. And, so you know, so IRS, if you wonder why he's taking that as a deduction, it's exactly for this reason. <laughs> you got photographic <laughs> evidence. It's exactly Listen, it. I'm a yeah. photographer. This is what yeah. I do. This is it's not a toy. If you I would got like a, to I've see, got a library. If you would like to see Greg doing what he's doing, um, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's LouisvilleAnswers.com. And you can see the show video as well as uh, in one corner, Greg, uh, putting the drone up uh, and you'll see what, what he's doing. All right. We move over to Kevin. And, you know, we try to do talk about the questions about homes purchasing, condos purchasing. We also try to include renters and um, and rentals. And so, Kevin, this comes from uh, Tommy. He owns a single family house here in Louisville. The renter stopped paying his monthly rent. Now, to complicate matters, the renter was a friend of Tommy's and had agreed. Uh, Tommy had agreed to let the renter stay there at a reduced rent. But now Tommy says the friend has stopped paying altogether. So he's wondering, um, how does he have to attract or move or eject his former friend? What's the process? Well, Tommy gets to enjoy the process of the eviction court's here, I'm assuming it's in Jefferson County. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming he's got a written lease agreement with his friend, but you have to follow the terms of that. Usually, you have to be outside the terms of the lease. You have to give the appropriate notice. Uh, usually, it costs three to $500 to go through the eviction process, but you can't self-help. That's the number one thing. Uh, wait, 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 you, can't, you can't self You can't use self-help, like changing the locks when the oh. gentleman's at work. Things okay. of that nature would be a okay. breach of the peace. So you have to go through the eviction process down at the courthouse. You know, recently with all the COVID restrictions and there was federal law and state law limiting the ability to do that. But I think everything's pretty much open back up now. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, usually there's a notice provision. Uh, you have to get the eviction proceeding. If they're still not out, you know, ultimately you have to get the sheriff. And I think it's five individuals to help set them out is what the term of art is used. So that, oh. that does get that part gets costly. And so occasionally, can these be friends of Tommy's that help to set his other friend out? Uh, not necessarily no. a good idea to do no. that. And well. occasionally you'll drive by and you'll see some people's possessions out in the gutter in yeah. front of their home. And that's usually a, a set out where their personal goods were set outside yeah. the road. And, yeah. So, but the sheriff will go out there to keep peace, but they're not going to be moving stuff out of the house. So you have to, to hire a crew to do that. And just a little caveat here. If, Tommy doesn't have a lease because this guy was his friend and now has stopped paying. Is Tommy more out of luck at this point? Makes it a little bit more mm. difficult because you're kind of mm. going out of the, the, the realm of a uh, tenant uh, and, the, and the rules as to landlord and tenant are pretty well defined. If someone's there as an occupant of yeah. the property, they say you allow a friend of the family to come use your place. Well, they're there. They're not technically a tenant, but they refuse to leave. You do have to go through probably a little bit more hoops because there's not a written lease agreement. Um, so but, but the same process, the eviction process. Got it. All right. If you'd like to see what the sellers are saying and uh, talking and writing about us, by the way, our, our uh, Sokoler team, you can go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. That takes you to our YouTube channel for sellers. Also, you can review the uh, the reviews that we have at LouisvilleZillow.com and LouisvilleGoogle.com. All right, so uh, Brett Graham is about to buy a home that is being flipped by a do-it-yourselfer. And in this email that we uh, just received, he says he's recently read a report that some of the worst homes are those that were owned by do-it-yourselfers and flippers. 
He says, is that something that you agree with? And what type of extra caution should someone buying this type of home take? Well, I unfortunately do agree with that statement. Uh, we inspect a lot of uh, homes that are flips. And I guess the definition of a flip is uh, someone has purchased a home, uh, has done renovations on the home, they never lived in the home, and then they turn around and sell it. The problem with the, with the flips is you don't necessarily know who's done the work. We see a lot of situations uh, where uh, it does not appear that any sort of permits were pulled for the work. Um, for instance, we had a house uh, here a couple years ago where the flipper pulled the dead front, which is the cover for the for the uh, electrical panel, the breaker box. Mm -hmm. And they pulled that off uh, in order to keep the code sticker uh, that was from, I think, 1996. And then they modified the panel Ooh. itself in order to fit another breaker in. Uh, and then they attempted to pass it off as something that had been, um, you know, code certified years ago. But you could tell that the, you know, recent work had taken place. Things like that. They the, the, in that house, they also had capped off one of the uh, the return uh, air ducts uh, and a supply to a bathroom, uh, which happened not to have a window in it. So uh, that room was going to get extremely hot or extremely cold, uh, depending on the uh, the weather. Uh, lots and lots of problems with plumbing. Um, the flips can be really difficult. Um, home team actually has a note in our report uh, that gives a little bit more information about, you know, that essentially it says, hey, this looks like it might have been a home that was flipped. Uh, please understand that while everything may look great, uh, we can't see what's, you know, behind walls. We don't know what type of work has been done that where things are hidden. So I don't want to paint the picture where every flip is terrible, but you you definitely walk with a little bit more caution um, in those type of, of situations because you just you just don't know who's done who's done what. By the way, coming up in just a little bit, 15 ways uh, winter weather damages your home. And Brad, I sent you a copy of yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be able to go over that. Uh, Kevin, back over to you, Greer, writing in. And, you know, we talk about problems between a buyer and a seller. So first, there's a small claims court. If the cost is below 2500 is that the the max right now, Kev? Do you remember? Off first, I think small claims is a little higher than that, now, okay. but I'd have to double-check. Okay. So then we talk mediation and then arbitration. Greer is writing in. He says he's in the middle of mediation, which is there. someone's going to listen to both sides, Kev, and then make a decision. It's not by it's, right? it's usually a retired attorney or a retired uh, judge that uh, you're attempting to kind of negotiate with both parties and come up with a resolution. So Greer has an attorney and he's not happy with his attorney who is representing him, Greer. So he's wondering what's the best way to terminate that attorney-client relationship amicably. And this is the first time we've mm. had this question. So and lucky Kevin yeah. got it. So is there a, a way to terminate an attorney that you're not happy with? I, I, yeah, I think, the, first of all, you have the absolute right to do so. But the, you know, the question is, you know, what's the most appropriate way to do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. First of all, I think that you probably need to do it in writing, whether it be a formal letter or, or an email. And... Uh, you know, you just, I think, need to be um, somewhat clear while, while you were taking the action that you're taking, but not so much as to cause further issues. You know, you could say that uh, just you had a disagreement on the strategy. Mm -hmm. um, you were concerned that perhaps that the preparation wasn't what you, you were not expecting. Uh, just because a result doesn't come out the way that you, you want it to come out does not necessarily mean that the attorney uh, didn't do a great job for you. 
But sometimes uh, it, it's like anything else. You, you mentioned realtors. You want to find someone that you can work with. You know, there, there are good people out there. And, and ultimately, you have to have someone that's good that you can also work with and relate to pretty well. And sometimes personalities don't quite mix, in which case I think you just need to say it's best for you to move forward and no hard feelings, but do it in writing and sever the relationship. You're probably going to owe the fees and then move on to the next. And what you want to do is have the attorney fully cooperate with your new attorney to make sure there's a nice transition of all the materials that you need for your case and that there's some dialogue between your new counsel and your prior counsel. And I would suspect you're going to suggest that the new attorney that you're going to go with in Greer's case already be picked and waiting and don't hit it cold just in case there there's a time delay, right? I would, especially if there's some time-sensitive matters. And in yeah. certain cases, the, the attorney that you'd like to discharge, you may have to keep them on a little bit longer in that if you've got a time deadline in three or four business days and does not give you enough time to switch over, you may want to have to retain, and they ethically may have to at least take that next step in the procedure. Got it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, 15 ways winter weather damages your home. I have a personal stake in this, and I'll explain. Here with us, continuing representing Pitt and Frank attorneys, Kevin Disser. He's a great guy. Uh, you can pick the attorney you want to uh, close your loan or even do wills, of course. You can reach Kevin at 895-9900. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. Now, eight years in a row, the number one home team inspection service in the country. Very proud of Brad. You can reach Brad at 844-411-TEAM. My son, Greg, who is currently shooting video from the drone, and you can see that by going to louisvilleanswers.com. Now, you bringing it in for a landing, Greg? Yeah, there. Yeah. And, oh, there it comes. Yeah. Wow. Look, it, it, we couldn't have planned it any better. Are you going to catch it in midair? Well, I'm not so yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. Um, but in a few minutes, Greg has a gripe that he wants to talk yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that with him. And Brand Kevin will get you involved in, in as well. And you can reach me, Bob Sokolo, anytime. If you are looking to sell your home, look, we sell a lot of homes. On average, between 275 and 325 homes per year. We would love to help you. Even if it's just to come out, talk about the process. That's free. No obligation. And I'll spend as much time as you want. You can reach me anytime, day or night. 376-5483 or send me an email, Bob at WeSellLouisville.com or go to the website BobSellMyHome.com. How about that? We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. Multiple teams mean we're able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. Get the team, get home team. Pitt and Frank has been serving your community for over 30 years in real estate closings and our title professionals educate the real estate industry both locally and throughout the state. Tell your loan officer and realtor to close with Pitt and Frank where we pride ourselves on being your trusted real estate closing expert. Pitt and Frank, signed, sealed and delivered at 502-895-9900. That's 502-895-9900. 
Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. People often think that real estate agents market and sell the same way, but they don't. I'm Barbara Corcoran, and I've worked with the best agents throughout the country. Having a local real estate agent who offers great marketing and options to fit your needs is smart. In Louisville, the agents I trust and you should hire are Bob and Greg Sokola. If I were selling Louisville, Bob and Greg would be my guys. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sokola, the Louisville Real Estate Show. We are here with you till the top of the hour. Thank you, Barbara Corcoran, for your endorsement. We're going up to see Barbara, I think, at the beginning of March uh, for another little meet and greet with her. Uh, with us continuing from uh, Home Team Inspection Service, the folks who are now eight years in a row, the number one Home Team Inspection Service in the country, Brad Lawler, and you can reach Brad and his team at 844-411-TEAM, representing Pitt and Frank Attorneys, Kevin Disler, 895-9900. My son Greg is continuing. To, well, he's putting the, the drone away. We'll talk to you in a second. And uh, you can reach me. If you're thinking about selling your home, we'd love to come out, talk to you about the process. It's free, no obligation. See what we do, and and we'll talk about what uh, what the home is worth and what needs to be done, or if anything needs to be done when it comes time to sell your home. Whether it's this year, next year, or beyond, you can reach me at 376-5483. All right. So 15 ways winter weather damages your home. I woke up this past uh, week. Uh, it was raining, you may remember, midweek. And... Um, in the hallway, I had a puddle, which obviously means I've got a roof leak. And I think I'm guessing it's uh, going to be probably caulk around um, something around the chimney. Who knows? We'll see. One of the, or one of the plumbing boots. Could be a boot. Uh, so yeah. in my case, I, I don't have any really good roofers that I trust. So I called Brad. Brad gave me a name. He's coming out tomorrow. Well, tomorrow. Yeah. So he's going to do that. Right. So, all right. So snow and ice, I'll give the topic, Brad, just give us a one-liner so that everybody knows. So 15 ways winter weather and snow and ice, what does it do to the roof? Well, it, it puts a lot of weight on it, puts a lot of stresses on it. And this is where you see those roof leaks start after everything thaws out. So it's um, a lot of a lot of things, uh, you know, with the extreme cold weather we had, you know, there's some people that may have ice dams that are forming too in the gutters, which push up underneath the uh, the shingles, causing a lot of additional challenges. The cold cracks caulk as well as that's around the yeah. gutters or where? Well, it can be the any of the caulk, any of the exterior caulks. You know, the other the other thing that um, the cold is doing is for those folks that have damaged thermal seals. Yeah. Uh, you know, where your where your windows look a little foggy, you probably have a lot of water. Uh, I have friends who had ice uh, over the Christmas uh, weekend. They had ice inside their their house. They're wondering how that formed. And those are just the broken thermal seals that gets cold. You want to make sure those areas stay dry because that's going to uh, you know cause wood rot too along the way. And winter supplies damaging the driveway. That's a tough one, right? Yeah, because I mean we use shovels. We use we, you know we use all sorts of things to clear snow and ice. That's tearing stuff up. Also, a lot of the chemicals we put down, particularly salt, uh, can be very damaging uh, to uh, you know to asphalt, to concrete. Uh, it's it, the winter weather generally is just hard on all of those exterior surfaces. 
And then we've got the snow and ice snapping tree limbs. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, wet conditions rot door frames. So they that do. could be a yeah. real problem, yeah. It, they do, and, and window frames as well. Uh, any of those, anytime water sits on wood, it's it's going to uh, potentially cause rot, uh, which is going to cause, you know, the additional problems that, you know, are going to have to be attended to by removing the rotted wood and replacing with uh, with new. Uh, particularly, you just don't want to make sure the termites stay out of that stuff as uh -huh. well. And we pointed out a little bit of this on the driveway, but shoveling chips your steps as you enter into your house as well, right? Yeah, sure does. Then melting gotta snow, got to be careful. Melting snow can leak into the basement. Uh, yeah, you know, people put, I notice sometimes people pile up snow against their house too. You know, when you're shoveling a walk, don't throw it yeah. towards your house, throw it towards the yard because you don't want that that snow melting and then finding a way through a crack into your basement for sure. Changing temperatures can crack your chimney. I wasn't aware that that's a thing. Well, it's really the spalling of the brick. Mm -hmm. uh, the 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 freeze thaw cycles knock the, the 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 smooth faces off the brick. So if you've got bricks that look uh, rough now, you want to talk to a masoner about getting those uh, getting those replaced because wa they the water will not it will continue to uh, attack those bricks and it'll cause structural issues. And what's the impact on decks? Um, oh, decks really, it's just, you know, uh, snow will sit on the deck. It'll keep it wet. Again, if you're not staining your deck and cleaning it regularly, then you've, you're causing wood rot there as well, shortening the life cycle of the, uh, of the deck. Also, cold weather freezes the sump pump. I wasn't aware that that was a Well, pump. yeah, you know, it's funny. It's, it's not so much freezing the sump pump as it's the discharge lines. Um, we find people that end up with the extensions that go away from the house oh. where they'll get impacted. Maybe they have leaves that got, you know, kind of clogged up at the end, and those pipes will actually freeze them. The sump pump is basically just pumping water back into the basement. We've, we've heard and seen a few of those examples here over the uh, Christmas break. One more thing here, uh, the dry air uh, shrinks plaster. That's just from dry heat from the inside, right? Yeah, it is. And it's also, you know, in a lot of homes, you have a gap that forms between the wall and the ceiling. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and people wonder why that happens. That's that's what they call truss uplift. Uh, it's particularly noticeable in older homes and homes with built with trusses. But you'll get a gap. It's unsightly, but it's not a structural problem at all. It just you suddenly have this weird gap that sits at the top of a wall, and that's just the normal cycle of a of a of a house as uh, it goes through the the cooling cycle, and the wood shrinks and and lifts up, lifting the ceiling with it. Some of the ways winter damages our home. We're going to get to Greg in a moment. First uh, question for Kevin. Leo writes in. Uh, he was, uh, and this will hit anybody who has a condo. It's going to hit you in this question. Leo writes, he says, I have a HOA condo association. Board members built a play area in designated location in one of the buildings that just happened to be my building, Leo's building. Condo association sent a, an email stating that all kids, adults can play a baseball in the new area. He says, I can hear the ball bouncing every time. Maybe it's basketball because he's bouncing. You're not going to hear it in baseball. Um, every time someone's playing in the area, this seems like a breach of contract because I thought the condo rules state there is no annoy there's a no annoyance rule. He says, Can I start a class, an eight class or a class action lawsuit against the board for this? Is this um I'm looking at Kevin's <laughs> face and he's wincing. So what do you well, think? Well, like I said, the first thing that I think that the uh, the uh, caller it mentioned was that first of all, let's take a look at the rules that the condominium association has. And that yeah. now I'm assuming that the, let's call it a basketball court. Maybe it, yeah. maybe it's maybe maybe it's not. Well, yeah. But it, but assuming it is it properly constructed and installed in a common area that's owned by the association, 
Um, sometimes you may have on the design of the, the condominium regime on the plat itself, there are certain items or areas that are kind of dead areas. There may be another area that's designed for like a dog park, something like that, to make sure that they've complied with all the rules from the beginning of the development of the condominium all the way up, check the bylaws. Um, you know, I think the gentleman mentioned something about there was some type of a provision about uh, quiet mm -hmm. domain right to access, yeah. Yeah. yeah, reasonable efforts too. So you have to find something in the written documents that suggests that the condo association did something um, Nefarious? <laughs> well, yeah. hopefully not necessarily, but sometimes you get to the point that they mean well, but they don't dot the I's and cross the T's. And there may yeah. be a provision in there that says that you can't do what they did. Uh, you can go through the process of trying to amend or revise bylaws, but just with most condominiums, it requires pretty much a supermajority to change a lot of the, mm -hmm. the restrictions. So I would say first and foremost to talk to the association, get together and take a look through all your documentation and make sure you're in a pretty good position because i'm assuming they spent a lot of money to on do this it. improvement yeah. Yeah, and if you do win and make them take it down ultimately who's going to pay part of the bill would be him you yeah I'll Although, Leo. yeah if the association did most of them have you know insurance and if they did do something that if they looked at it their restrictions realize that they could not have done. Mm -hmm. You may have some ability to go against them and then they would go against their, you know, policy, but yeah, probably needs to have somebody take a look at it for them. There you go. Leo, we'll give you Kevin's uh, number in just a few minutes. So Greg is a problem and we got about two minutes. Small without, problem. Small without problem. using so, names. Yeah, quick, no, no names. Quick reference. Quick preface. Uh, we work with a lot of builders. We work with a lot of electricians. Uh, we work with a lot of companies and we love them all. This is a, a word of the wise, a warning, perhaps. Uh, a lot of the new light bulbs that are being used in new construction homes, are they're switching to those LEDs. Not an LED bulb, but the flat LED that actually goes into the upper recess can light and screws into where the bulb would screw. But it is a longer lasting, supposedly, flat LED. It looks cleaner, blah, 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 blah. You'll see them in new construction homes. They're, they're not a bulb. It's like a flat white uh, piece of glass almost that looks like. Anyway, so... One of mine in my house had was started to flicker for a couple of days, um, noticed it, and then all of a sudden when I turned on the kitchen lights, the breaker would pop. Now, again, one of my best friends is an electrician. I know how to work my way around an electrical panel. I can hook up a fuse, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so I went up on a ladder and I just pulled the bulb out and sure enough, turned the light on, breaker no longer popped. So it led me to believe this is the, the subject problem here, right? Uh, so I called my builder. My builder said, oh, the, the electrical company who installed has a five-year warranty. They warrant the product. No problem. Call that company. Hey, guys, here's the deal. They say, no problem. Greg, we warrant that product. No worries. We can come out here, da 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 30 minutes, that's going to be a $125 service call. Oops. I said, really? $125 service call for something that you claim to warrant, and you're going to call charge me more, 10 times, if you look up the cost of what this bulb costs, 10 times more than what, so now, you know, again, this is a great, something that's easily handle, handleable. You can get up on a ladder and do this, but I feel like it's true highway robbery that the service call is $125. And my biggest gripe is when I call them and politely ask to speak to a manager because my builder will lean on them. My builder has my back. I didn't want to put this in his court um, because it's two years post-build. Right. But if you tell me you're going to warrant something for five years, warrant. and I ask, okay, just, yeah. just warrant it. And I said, can I just give you my old light bulb? You give me the new one. And they said, well, we don't sell light bulbs. And I understand where that can be a slippery slope where if you guarantee that stuff and these things happen. But they said, I need to go back to the company that supplied the light. Now, if I go back to the company that supplied the light, they're going to want proof of purchase. 
And guess who has proof of purchase? The, the electrical company right, that installed yeah. it. So, so the, and when I and when I asked to speak to a manager, yeah. the manager said, or the, the the lady on the phone said, if they have time. And so that infuriated me more. I said, no, yeah, no, okay. this isn't an if. But, I'm a client. All right. The point of this, because we're out of time, the point for this is be leery. <laughs> Brad, yeah. Kevin, any suggestions to Greg or anybody else who's having this problem that they want uh, the service companies wants to charge them an arm and a leg just to come out and do what was supposed to be under warrant? Change, change the light, to change the light yeah. bulb, really. Yeah, L- no, L- I would, yeah. Well, I would just say a lot of times you have to actually look at the warranty and what does the warranty actually cover? Does it cover the defective uh, uh, a light bulb, uh, but not the the labor? Um, like I said, sometimes you have to look and Correct. determine exactly Correct. what's being warranted. Correct. Not. It's the old, it's the old bait and switch. Yeah, if it's chicken or the egg, it sounds like. Well, they can't sell like, it to you, Brad. Yeah, anything on your end? No, nope, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say the same thing Kevin did. Yes, yeah. the, the warranty covers what? So read oh, the fine print, folks. That's the key, the details. Yes. And if it happens to Greg, it could happen. To I him. always like the lifetime warranty. Is that mine or theirs? You know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we are out of time, folks. My thanks to Kevin Disler representing Pitt and Frank Attorneys. You can reach Pitt and Frank and Kevin at 895-9900. Brad Lawler, owner, Home Team Inspection Service, the number one home team inspection service in the country now, eight years in a row. And you can reach Home Team at 844-411-TEAM. My, Greg, my thanks to my son, Greg, who's a bit on the... My griping, my griping, griping son, Greg. Reach middle age. Yep. And, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. And then you can uh, reach me anytime you think about selling your home. We'd love to come out talk to you about the process. And explain, and we can just come up map with a plan that might work for you for this year or next year or beyond. You can reach me, Bob Sekolder, three seven six five four eight three, or send me an email, Bob at WeSellLouisville.com, or go to BobSellMyHome.com. We are out of time. Have a great Sunday. See you next Sunday on News Radio eight forty WHAS. <laughs>